What You Need to Know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. We're in the middle of this amazing conversation. Everybody's got an opinion. We're going to come right back to your calls in just one moment. But here is at U-N-E-E-Q underscore. Follow her, yo. Please here do. Here she is. <laughs> I'm like, I want more followers. I'm that person right now. You know, we <laughs> shout it out. So I'm just going to take advantage of that. So you know, a lot of us, I've been to Dodger games. I've gone to Disneyland. I've actually been to a concert, so indoor you were at the concert. Rams game Saturday night. I was at the Rams game. Oh my God, I forgot that. LAFC game. So, anyways, I've been around, you know, sporting events the past couple months. And I love the fact that I didn't really have to wear my mask, but I did. But now they are going to be required. So, LA County is going to require you to wear a face covering and major outdoor events like concerts, festivals, sporting events. If there's over 10,000 people, you got to wear your mask, even though it's outdoors, and even if you're vaccinated. So, Dodger Games, mask on, big events, mask on. And I'm not mad at it. You no. know what? I'm really not mad at it because I wear mine, even though I don't have to wear mine. I'm so used to it that I'm just like, let me pop this sucker on. So you know what? I'm actually really happy about it. Yeah. I mean, I with am. Delta variant things mm-hmm. coming back. Also, the other piece of news out of that, Vegas, the Raiders requiring this, I believe, Scott, in yeah. order to be able to go watch their games in the NFL. Yeah. So the Raiders are saying that to get into a Raider football game, you've got to be vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, they're going to have vaccination stations on site. Now, that's kind of interesting because it takes time for the vaccination to actually, um, you know, become effective. Right. Right. But but, you know, I, I already saw a lot of hate on Twitter where people were saying, I bought plane tickets. I bought tickets to the game. I'm not vaccinated. I'm coming in from another part of the country to go to Las Vegas. And it's like, well, why do you think they're doing it? They don't need people coming in from all over the country who either are not vaccinated right. or, or or might be carrying. It's like you're coming to the state of Nevada, you're coming to this game, you're coming to this this facility, you're gonna you're gonna play by our rules. That logic seems obvious, right? If you're flying in from all over the place, God knows where, yeah, the least we could do is protect ourselves, of course. I got to tell you, Clinton, before we go back to the phones, I'm so glad that the Raiders have taken a lead on this. The New Orleans Saints have done something similar to this. I see today the Atlanta Falcons are completely 100% vaccinated as a team. Um, The the, uh, Seattle Seahawks, I think they said they were 89 out of 90 players were vaccinated. Um, I'm just going to say this. I hate to be on such a soapbox, but for someone who is living a mask-free life and was living the vaccinated life to go out and I think I got the COVID um, virus, I think the Delta variant at a, an indoor concert, which, by the way, was maybe 150, 200 people. So it's not like a monster crowd. Right. But, I mean, I cannot tell everybody what a monster inconvenience it is. And, look, I'm vaccinated, and it started as a cough. It turned into chills. It was, uh, it was fevers. But here I am. I'm like nine days out, and I'm still coughing. I'm still clearing my throat all the time. And, Clinton, I promise you, I have got this taste it's as if I'm gargling a, a stack of nickels or quarters in my mouth. There's this metallic taste in my mouth. I hate it. I chew a piece of gum. It goes away for five minutes. Right. Then the gum tastes like metal. Well, so, I mean, more importantly, it's not just about the personal. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're going through, Scott, and I don't wish that upon anybody. But it's just on a basic level. It's harder to pass it to another person if you're vaccinated. You can still get it, but the passing of it, which is the difficult part, and therefore taking into account the people who cannot get vaccinated, those at highest risk, that's who you're doing it for. You're not just doing it for you. I'm speaking to the listeners. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's a selfless thing to do. You know, I really do. All right, so listen, we were in the middle of a conversation, everybody, where uh, LaMelo Ball was uh, featured on the cover of GQ. 
And he talked about the fact that he doesn't need to go to college. He doesn't need to get an education. He's a smart guy. He can learn. Um, look, I know people take immediate shots. They're like, yeah, dude, well, you got paid like practically right out of high school. You got a lot of money. Of course, you don't need to go back to college. But it turned, Clinton, this whole thing into a discussion about how important is college today for kids versus I know I told my story in 1988 when I graduated high school. I just thought it was the natural thing to do. Graduate high school, yep. go to college, get done with college, get a job. And if it wasn't for football and a football scholarship, I don't know what I would have done. You know, oh. I just happened to get lucky. I BS'd my way into a football scholarship, you know? Yeah, no, it's a fair it's a fair point. I mean, what is the purpose for different people? Education is education. It can exist as an institution in this country and on this globe without it being the sole method and the sort of, you know, virtue, virtue signaling higher ground. You know, this concept of higher education has come with so many different judgmental standpoints that have clearly and obviously affected our society in ways that we need to look at both sides of what's happening from the sides of the educators as well as the side of those who are looking to live in society. Let's get back to the phones. All right, here we go. Back to the phones we go. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Chris in L.A., talk to us, Chris. What do you say about this topic? So let's address what you just said about LaMelo Ball talking about he don't need to go to school because he plays basketball. So coming from the inner city, from the neighborhood, our our black men, they think that, oh, I don't need to go to school because I can be a star athlete. And education is a big thing that we need in the inner city for for our community. I can't speak for other people's community, but we've been struggling. I grew up in the era, I grew up in the crack era. So People didn't really want to go to school. Everybody wanted to hustle. They wanted to be in the streets. And that landed us, a lot of us, in prison. And so now we come full circle to the 2000s in this era where education is a big thing, and they're opening up more for minorities to be able to get scholarships to go to college. I think that they should take that, that opportunity because everybody can't rap. Everybody can't play basketball. Everybody can't play football. Everybody can't be a broker. I'm, and I'm not saying that you need to go to college, but if the opportunity is there, you should take it. Absolutely. And I appreciate the phone call because let me tell you something as well. I'm from the crack era as well, the District of Columbia, D.C. Like the city they showed on the national news, people smoking crack and people dealing drugs and people getting shot and getting dragged off by police cars. That was the city I grew up in. So I understand what you're saying, and nobody is implying that it has to be this sort of you know, zero-sum binary. That, that's the entire point. It's the idea that all of these options need to be available, and it's only going to start when we as a society start taking people seriously beyond what they do after four years or two years of college. That's the whole point. If I want to be a chef and I learn how to cook in a kitchen and I therefore learn the you know, the, not just the way to cook, but everything about the supply chain routes of how food gets to one place or another and how you interface with uh, farmers and how the whole agricultural situation works. Listen, man, everybody who does that well didn't learn that in college. You know, don't think that the part of the system that sort of exists for the purposes of education isn't there for a large part to take your money and to keep itself alive. I loved college. Don't get it twisted. But I left because it was time to go. I didn't have a degree at the time, and that didn't matter. I, my, my only point that I want to keep stressing to y'all is understand that college is not a salvation. 
necessarily. A lot of people go to college and actually get their lives ruined as well. You can look at a lot of the young women across this country who've had their educational situations slapped them in the face, basically, when they told them that they felt unsafe in their environments and they were allegedly trying to learn this is not a one-size-fits-all thing and never will be. All right, here's Tony and Compton. Tony, Sedano and Kaplan here on 710 ESPN. Clinton Yates is in for George. What's going on, Tony? What do you say? Yeah, yeah. So, um, quick, quick points, and I'm going to get off. Um, I totally agree with you guys, Clint. Like, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And yep. once we understand that as a society, that means we won't, like, try to blame or make people feel ashamed because they don't choose the route that everybody else takes. That's called, like, indoctrination, where everybody's doing the same thing and they're not questioning why. And another point that I want to make uh, that the caller made, like, I'm from L.A., too. I'm from Compton, Compton High. Uh, so I know, like, when when I was going to school, they started taking out a lot of these clo- a lot of these classes, like um, welding and um, uh, wood shop and like all type of stuff. They start taking out, and if we can get those back into these school systems, especially the inner cities, that it, it's going to make a difference. Because by the time you graduate at seventeen or eighteen, you're going to have some skills that are worth something that is worth value, and you're able to apply them in life and make a living. You know what I'm saying? If I'm yep. doing something for five or six years. Um, and you're going to school for five or six years, and we're going to the same job interview, and I have the uh, hands-on experience on for what that job is asking for, there's some, most likely I'm going to get hired before you because I have direct experience. So um, I'm going to get off the phone, and I'm going to let you all go through. Thank you all. That was a good phone call. Appreciate yeah. it. You know what's amazing to me, Clinton, is how we perceive people. You know, oh, you didn't go to college, or oh, you only have a two-year degree. Like, there's this perception. Yet, on the other hand, if you spent 20 years in the military, people are like, wow, hey, thank you for your service. Really appreciate that. Right. Wow, you must be a really accomplished guy. Yeah, it's I mean, just, and there's uh, so many, and it's it's tough too because like, I'm not. We don't we don't need to go down this road, but sort of the biases that the, that are afforded for those who. Who, who can sort of overcome that are very different. If I grow up in Orange County and my hair is blonde and my name is Chad and I say, oh, I've been running a business for two years and I'm 20 years old, people look at me a lot differently than if my name is Erica and I went to Compton High School and I'm selling hair because I've been a hairdresser for two years. You see what I'm saying? There's totally. a lot of different things that have nothing to do with school that have to do with why we sort of look at each other the different ways that we do. Anyway. I, I loved one of the callers earlier said, you know, today kids can make money in so many different ways you know like i'll say to my son i'm like you know what man i'm like you probably should get into video game design because i've never seen anybody spend more time playing video games. yeah seriously I mean, you know seriously you know why you know why your boy is good on television as television's clean yates because i sat my butt in the basement and watched a lot of tv and <laughs> never stopped doing it when i was a kid when i got halfway through college and i realized i know more about this than any other kid in this room i'm just gonna try to go do it well felt a little liberating guess what here he is. Uh, Gelato Drew, what's going on here? Sedano and Kaplan Drew. on 710 ESPN. What's going on, Gelato Drew? What's going on? What's going on, Clinton? You came up in that Rifle E era. Yeah, there, huh? buddy. All right, let me tell yeah, you no, something. Okay. That was not – morale was not high in those areas. You know what I'm saying? I understood the value of education in order to get my way out, but I also yeah. understood the real world. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, no, that's my point. I dropped out of high school at 16, ran the streets for a while, had fun. Went to college at like 29, 30. Mm. Um, and what I noticed is there's in this country, we're talking about the macro. You said, Clinton, about wanting to keep children learning and in school. There's a difference between intelligence and education. Everybody's stressing education, but education is not indicative of intelligence. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're right. We're te- you know, we're not teaching. The system is flawed, like you said. Let me ask you we're a quick question. What, what sent ahead. you back to school? What, why did you decide to go back? Uh, the economic downturn, 08, 09, and yeah. uh, I got a settlement from school, and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted what I wanted to study. I wanted to study theater. Mm. I wanted to study screenwriting. I had to go to the best school for that. That was USC. Right. And the callers that are saying, like, well, we got these rich people that did this and that, they still have educated, college-educated people handling their finances, advising them as, as attorneys. So you still need, for a functional society to work, you still need these other professions that require education. Yeah. I don't want to get, get law advice from someone that didn't go to law school. I don't want to get surgery by someone that didn't go to medical school. So this notion that just because they did it, you don't have to. Not everybody is an entrepreneur. For a society to function, you need all these different levels of cooperation to where we're all working and we're all pursuing our passion. And I think that's what's missing in terms of how education is formulated from kindergarten to all the way up to upper division graduate school and PhD. We're not fostering an environment of just learning. Parents don't teach their kids. It's okay to fail. You in, you're interested in five, six different things. Fail at them all till you find which one you love the most. It's just like, bam, no, go to college, go do this. And, and put yourself in debt society. until you can't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's just very, like you said, Clint, we're not, teaching kids how to learn like i dropped out of high school because it wasn't intellectually stimulating for me i'm from the bay area i picked up malcolm x at 15 i told my history teacher i'm tired of learning about george washington in in junior year of high school what's that doing for me i gotta go i'm making more money on the street this is a waste of my time yeah man I, i appreciate the call man the realities of life are not ones that are just super pro one way or super pro the other. Sometimes you got to make decisions that have to do with staying alive. Sometimes you got to make decisions that have to do with staying fed. You know what I mean? And sometimes you got to make decisions that have to do with keeping the lights on. And how that all intertwines in life, they don't teach that in high school. Well, it's been a really deep conversation. Thanks to everybody who's participated. Stick around. We got a lot more stuff we want to get to. Plus, big deal or no deal is right around the corner. Um, plus, today is National I Love My Feet Day, and I'd like to talk about my feet if you don't mind. Everybody stick around. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Yeah, we were all over the Lakers earlier today. The Lakers um, got at least a part of their schedule released. October 19th, opening night at the Warriors. And then Christmas Day at home versus the Nets. Clinton Yates, initial thoughts on those first two games for the Lakers? I like the matchups. I also like the fact that the NBA does a little bit of like a teaser setup. They hit you with like the big dates, and they're like, ah, we'll do the rest later. Just know that that's there. Stay stay tuned for the big days. Like That's yeah. kind of funny to me that they don't actually do it all at once. We were also talking earlier today about the Dodgers who won last night 2-1 to one against Pittsburgh. They'll play Pittsburgh again tonight, obviously. And uh, just this, the way Max Muncie has been on fire, just hitting bombs, the way the team is coming together, even though they still don't have Kershaw, who threw out in the outfield today, mm. and, uh, and Mookie Betts, who's still not back. But 
lots uh, to talk about related to the Dodgers earlier today. Winning one-run games, something they had not done well. Uh, earlier in the year but all of a sudden they've won three in a row so we've been talking Dodgers we were talking Lakers and then then Clinton we got into a full-blown conversation and took tons of phone calls about the education system which came from out of nowhere but it was really related to LaMelo Ball and this GQ uh, article so it's been a great day so far man I agree and quickly for those of you who care about the baseball updates Padres are down to the Rockies right now and the Giants who the Dodgers are obviously chasing. Well, they've got the Mets. So, you know, that's what you're looking at if you're watching the out-of-town scoreboard, Greg. There's more to it, too, though, by the way, because Cincinnati is down 2-1. But if they come back and win that game, it's a half game. Okay, let me me explain something to you. I texted this to my buddy. You you guys might know him from the internet. Cespedes BBQ. They're the baseball guys. My man Jake, he's a good friend of mine. He's one of my best friends in the world. We come from the same baseball program back in D.C. I texted him. I said, if the Reds make the playoffs, I'm going to puke. Like, I, I I don't, like, as much as I don't want to see the Dodgers fall, like, not be able to catch the Giants, that Dodgers-Pods wild card game is going to be one of the more intense things we've ever seen. I cannot have the Reds sliding in there and ruining that potential situation. I don't want that. Tell me all about it, dude. Let me, I, I can tell you this. Back in 2010, the Padres had a six-and-a-half game lead over the Dodgers, and the Padres lost 10 straight games, and the Dodgers wound up winning the division. And I remember at the time, do you guys remember the, the old uh, sports writer for the L.A. Times, T.J. Simers? Do you remember him? Of course. Of course. So I said to T.J. Simers on the radio one day, I said, T.J., I'll bet you that the Padres win the division. And he said, no, moron. He said, the cream will rise to the crop. I'll never forget him using that phrase. The cream will rise to the crop, and the Dodgers will win the division. I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll make you a bet. If the Dodgers win the division, you take over my radio show. It's yours for the day. If the Padres win the division, I get to write your column in the L.A. Times. So we consummated this bet. It was a done deal. Well, don't you know the Padres fell apart, lost 10 straight games, and I had to give my radio show for the day to T.J. Simers, who then at the, at the time used his daughter as, a, uh, as his co-host. And the radio station I worked for at the time was so angry at me for doing this that they made me go down the hall and broadcast on another uh, channel that they had, on another radio station that they had. (laughs) Simers, I swear to God, never, Clinton, is a true story, never spoke to me again because he was so pissed. He's like, no, the bet was the column versus the show. You lost. I drove to San Diego to do the show. He goes, and then you went down the hall and did the show on another channel, and everybody came over and listened to you guys rather than listen to us. I mean, I'm kind of with Simers on this. Like, I was with him, too. It yeah. wasn't me. It was station management. Yeah, they no, didn't I think get it was it. funny. I get it. Corporate Greg's of the world. You know what I mean? No, I'm joking. Oh, but. no, I would definitely <laughs> let you sign. In that sense, <laughs> yeah, you that, play the bit. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to <laughs> right. run the bit there. Sidebar, TJ Simers, former Around the Horn panelist. So I'm definitely familiar with his work. Yeah, so. All right, hey, listen, Um, today is National I Love My Feet Day. Um, you wouldn't know that, and in fact, there probably wouldn't be a National I Love My Feet Day if it wasn't for Facebook, but today is National I Love My Feet Day. I don't know about you guys, I love my feet, and I have one good foot. My left foot is very good. It's very nice looking. I could model my left foot. My right foot is absolutely disgusting. It's dried out. It's just gross. I pick at it all the time. Um, so I, I know it's national. I love my feet day. I love my foot, my left foot. I, I kind of like my right foot, but I don't love my right foot. Clinton, do you like, do you love your feet on national? I love my feet. Day. I'm going to take a slightly different track tackle on this, which is that, yes, I, I love my feet enough to a cover them in public <laughs> and B, this is something that's a real, real part of my life. I spend a good amount of money 
on socks that make my feet feel good, okay? I am not operating out here in the hinterlands with all this nonsense. I walk a lot. I wear, like, look, there's three different types of socks. There's, like, style socks. There's, like, boring socks. And then there's, like, socks that look good that cost a lot of money. I'm probably average for real, for real. Like, when it comes to things that I know that I'm going to care about, I probably average around $35 to $50 a pair. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to stance. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold listen. On. Oh, yeah. Like One the best pair. socks, the best socks I have, which I probably over the course of the last five to ten years, that I mean, listen, I buy cheap socks, but I also have like my go-tos. You know what I mean? Like my luxury. Like when you put luxury gas in your car, whatever they call it, like uh, the highest, the ninety-one, the the, ni- the supreme, supreme, or whatever. High octane. I'm operating with high octane socks in my life because I need my feet to be that comfortable. Because Scott, I love my feet. Wow. Um, $35 for a pair of socks. I can tell you, honestly, I don't have one pair of socks, not one pair, that isn't like something I got in a 12-pack from Costco. Yeah, no, you that's, know? that's not like, how I'm moving. You I'm ever been all... to the Stance store? Stance is the company that does the socks for Major League Baseball. They do them for the NBA, and uh, they got they got brick-and-mortar stores. The only reason I jumped in front of you there, Scott, is because socks are a big deal in a lot of places. When the socks changed in the NBA – from the company who actually used to make them, sidebar, we're way off on it, is Sarah Lee, which is actually a textile company. They also are the bakery company. Facts. Anyway, they used to make the socks. Nobody doesn't like them. For years. Exactly. <laughs> and then they changed the thing to stance. And a lot of players were like, hold up, you're switching the socks. We can't have this. I wrote a whole story about it for the Washington Post. So, yeah, it's a thing. I sure. literally only wear athletic socks. Even if I'm wearing dress shoes, I only wear athletic socks. Yeah. I do not wear any socks anymore. In fact, I don't even like wearing socks. I don't even like wearing shoes. Right. Go to Stance. Go to Stance. Check out, check out Stance. What's the, what's the name of the mall in Century City? Westfield, Century City. Mm-hmm. Go check out. There's a Stance brick and mortar in there. And you'll go in there. And not just it's not just the, like, the funky styles with the cool pop culture stuff on them. Those are, I'm not spending money on those. I'm spending the ones on, like, you know, they got all the extra support and the super soft. And they don't slouch and they don't slide. You know, I need all that. I need that kind of support because I'm moving around a lot. Today is National I Love My Feet Day. I'm going to spend time with my feet tonight. I'm going to spend time watching TV. I'm going to pick my feet. It's gross, I know. Oh, stop, stop. Man. What I like to do, man. Stop saying that word, that verb. Please. Can we just move on and go to Big D or No Deal? This is very uncomfortable. What about your feet, Laura? Oh, my feet are very well taken care of. I told you guys I love pedicures. I, I don't know. I don't care how broke I can be some days, but my feet got to get taken care of. So y'all don't got to worry about my feet. Mm -mm. Greg Bergman, you love your feet? Let's just do big deal or no deal. I I love my feet, but not not enough to talk about them in in depth. Just to wrap this up, I'm on the Stance site. And so the Diamond Pro OTC socks, which are the big league socks, they're $22 a pair. And these aren't even like, you know, these are just the regular nice ones. I'm on the Costco site right now. You can get 12 pairs of Puma socks for like $6. Yo, I got Puma socks for like $4.99 at Costco. (laughs) They're awesome. They're so great. Y'all don't love your feet as much as I do. Oh, no, I do. (laughs) Simple as that. I do. And Greg, go get a pedicure because you've talked about your feet and you don't get pedicures. That's why I'm not talking about now and I'd love to go get a pedicure. You know, (laughs) let's let's make that happen. Me too. I want to come out of quarantine so I can go get a pedicure. I'll tell you that right now. Performance. Performance is the word I was looking for. That's what I rock. Performance Performance socks. All right. (laughs) Coming up, it's everybody's favorite segment. It is the highest rated segment on Sedano and Kaplan. Big deal or no deal is next. Let's play. Stick around, everybody. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, producer Greg getting ready to join us here to play a game of big deal or no deal. But speaking of big deals, it's a big deal that you call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call our friends at Sam and Ash Law, 1-800-304-2000. That's 1-800-304-2000 because you, Greg Bergman, you, sir, deserve what's right. Oh, thank you very much, Scott. <laughs> so nice of you. Such a sweet guy. All right, Clinton. Yes. Shikari Richardson was supposed to be in Tokyo for the Olympics, and we uh-huh. all know how that went down. Well, right. after a month-long suspension, Richardson is back on the track and will race Team Jamaica's Elaine Thompson-Hara, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, and Sherika and Sharika Jackson. Yeah. All Olympic medalists in Tokyo at the Prefontaine Classic in Eugene, Oregon. Is this a big deal or no deal? It's a big deal, but I don't think this is going to turn out the way Shikari wants. All of the winning times in her events, or at least most of them, were better than her own PRs. Like, this is a good fellowship moment for the track world to welcome her back, specifically the Jamaican runners who swept everything, and to sort of remind the whole world that we don't just throw people away because they happen to get suspended. So on that front, yeah. Do I think Shikari's going to win a bunch of races? I do not. I'm going to go with no deal here, and, and I'm going to explain why. Because I don't think anybody's going to be paying attention. You know what I'm saying? In other words, everybody was paying attention to her pre-Olympics, and then everybody paid attention to the story because most of us thought it was very unfair what happened to her. And many of us were turned off by the Olympics before they even started because of this story. But the fact of the matter is, we really don't watch track, most of us. Mm-hmm. We don't really watch gymnastics. We don't really watch swimming. We don't watch diving. We don't watch many of these sports unless they're in the Olympics. And I can just say for myself, I kind of the Olympics came and went, and I didn't really watch much of them. So I appreciate where she's coming from, and I think you're right, Clinton. It's an awesome thing that the Jamaican runners who won all the medals are willing to come here and, quote-unquote, give her her shot. But unfortunately, I don't think anybody's going to be paying much attention to it. Yeah, I mean, that's too bad. But, I mean, I'm just glad that the track world gets to see her again, which is cool. All right, to the next, next please, Laura. Thank you. All right, Senor Kaplan. I yes, was Senor Bergman. Yeah, I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday, and I saw our very own Clinton Yates post a story <laughs> he once wrote a few years back. I thought, hey, you know what, this sounds kind of interesting because <laughs> I like the great. subject matter, and okay. it was very well written and very funny. The subject, avocado toast and the argument for liking it. <laughs> is this a big deal or no deal? It's a big deal because I think avocado toast is a great breakfast. Could be a nice lunch as well. Um, I love avocado toast. I will say one thing about it, though. I go to my favorite little breakfast spot, and it's a piece of sourdough bread toasted. Yeah. It's got guacamole. Well, not guacamole. It's like avocado spread out over it. It's got bacon. I ask for it to be well done. And then they put one egg and i always need to ask for two eggs because the one egg is just not enough i love avocado toast um i think it's relatively new in the world i mean i don't know if if everybody's been eating avocado toast for all these years i love it i think it's great 
if somebody will tag me in a tweet, I will read Clinton's avocado toast Send article. It, text it to him right now. because I need to is, read it. It is one of the funnier things I've ever written. I don't normally say that about things. I'm going to read a little excerpt from said column, which is about avocado toast. Now, the reason why I even wrote this is because that guy wrote, like, if millennials started saving money and stopped eating avocado toast, they'd be able to buy houses. Some English guy said this many years ago, and it was like, whatever. Anyway, so I'm quoting for myself here. The more important conversation is about avocado toast as a luxury item and where it stands in the food hierarchy. Once one of those things that was best enjoyed as a breakfast life hack in one's own home for quasi-creatives in the kitchen, it has now moved on to restaurant menus to be enjoyed by brunch monkeys across the nation. Back when I was into this bit, a great life hack and if a place had avocado on the menu was to just describe how to make it and ask for it. That typically landed you with a fun creative dish from a chef who got to branch out without too much effort. But $22 avocado toast? That's insane for a couple different reasons. Number one, avocados just aren't that good. Cut one open, throw in some sea salt, perhaps a little dash of hot sauce. Delicious. Maybe mix in some bread, a runny runny egg yolk, and if you want to get crazy ambitious, wait for it, some sesame oil, just a dash. Then you've got yourself an A-plus snack. But by no means is avocado toast supposed to be the centerpiece of anything ever. That's the point. And I went on to tell a whole story about like the evolution of avocado in the world and yada yada. Oh, it was so good too because he was talking about how like he was like a buddy of yours at one point. Yes. And, like, <laughs> avocado. I mean, I can read on. If you would like me to continue reading, I shall. I will continue reading. I don't know what happened to avocado. It was like the friend in middle school who had cool sleepovers, actually called you during the summer to hang out, and didn't act like he didn't know who you were once everyone got to high school. Avocado was cool. You were glad you knew avocado. Then something happened. Avocado, who now just goes by Cotto, did a semester abroad in Prague and suddenly has an English accent for whatever reason. Cotto is talking about popping bottles at the club when you're trying to figure out how to get a free 30-pack out of the guy who works at the beer store. Cotto, whom you and your other friends now actually call Avo, has people you don't even know obsessing about him online, and it's weird. So anyway, it was a whole thing. So. I just like to take a piece of toast, spread some avocado over it, and then take everything salt. You know, like an yeah. everything bagel? Yeah, that's a good one. Ooh. That's a good one. Good. That's like that's like what's happening on the picture of the column that I just told you. That's what's happening in the actual feature picture. That exact treatment that you were. I'm gonna to. have to go with big deal here, Greg. Yeah. Very big deal. Yeah, obviously a big deal for me too. I just like that. That's what we got. That's what <laughs> it took to get Kaplan to say big deal about something. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we're going back to you, Clinton. Yep. Apple is announcing that they will be coming out with the iPhone 13, Apple Watch 7, and AirPods 3 this fall. And everybody always has to go out and get it right away at the yes. very beginning. I'm sure you're one of those people. Oh, you did this yesterday? Yes, Greg. Oh, see? <laughs> what? Why did you tell him? We were going to let him go all the way oh, down the man. road. I don't, look, I don't always get to see Because I look and... out for my teammates, Kaplan. <laughs> no. That's why. I, I okay. thought it was Laura who told him. I, I, me, and, me and Clint look at each other. We looked at each other like, no, let's not do it. Yeah. So, look, I went through all, two full games almost <laughs> without copying something <laughs> from the last week and a half. Yeah, so one of them. We're almost home. Let's not blow up the the car, okay? We'll be fine. So I'm going to have to go with this one, then. This is going to be my last one. I'm going to do some other stuff. All right, uh, Cole Hamels. I know we talked about it slightly earlier, but Cole Hamels signed a one-year deal with the Dodgers about two weeks ago for about a million dollars, for for a million dollars. He was on a rehab assignment last night and was scheduled to go for two innings to get ready to join the big club hopefully soon. Well, after one inning... Done. 60-day DIL, out for the season, no no longer with the Dodgers. Is is him making a million dollars for not even one inning in the major leagues 
of a, on a one inning in a rehab assignment a big deal or no deal? Uh, I don't think it's a big deal, but I do think it's a big deal that he's not going to be on the team. Like the whole point, and we discussed this earlier in the show, Cap. The whole issue with what's going on with the Dodgers right now are injuries. And you can say what you like about, you know, Turner was dinged, he's back. Mookie is still dinged. And Clay- Clayton Kershaw, obviously as a starter, is still having some issues. But, like, these arms, man, you, you need these people. You know what I mean? There's a bodies element. And he's a left-handed arm. I'm not saying the Cole Hamels is going to come in and throw a shutout in the World Series. That's not my point. My point is that if you were so desperate as to need a Cole Hamels anyway and you can't even get a Cole Hamels, well, then, man, these injuries and these man hours are really stacking up on the IL, Cap. Yeah, so I think a lot of people will hear this story and go, wait a second. So the Dodgers signed him, they gave him a million dollars, and they're not going to get anything out of him. Well, that's not so shocking, really, because by baseball terms, a million dollars is, I know this is going to sound crazy to people, but it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. It was literally worth the risk versus the reward. You know, the risk is very low. It's only, I'm putting that in quotes, only a million dollars. The reward is potentially very high because of Cole Hamels and his past, his reputation, his resume, etc. It did not work out for the Dodgers. It did not work out for Cole Hamels. So it's not as if the million dollars is impacting the Dodger franchise. There's another pitcher out there who's not doing anything, and he's got a hundred-plus million-dollar contract. Now, that to me is a big deal. This Cole Hamels story is no deal. It would have been good to get him if he was still Cole Hamels. He's clearly not, and it was worth the risk for a million dollars. No deal. All right. Cap. GM Cap. Throwing around million-dollar deals. I like it. No, I'm, I totally agree. You know what I mean? Like, I, again, if you're making that kind of money and that's what your payroll is, like, you take a risk on Cole Hamels. Like I said, though, I wish they had him just because of the arm. That's what they need. Yeah. Right, but would you rather him become something that, like, blew up? In the in the regular season, I mean, well, okay. What did you actually? Let's 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 ask this question. What did you actually think you were going to get out of Cole Hamels? A spot start here, and how many games? Forty games left. How many games do you think he would have started in? How many games do you think he would have pitched in? Three, three four, starts. Maybe, maybe would have gotten ten games if you threw him in between and long, you know, long relief. Right. Whatever. If something went wrong, you know, like there's not that many anyway. But my point is, is that if you're st- if you're digging, if you're beating the bushes for a Cole Hamels, you know what I'm saying, and you still can't get him. Well, you got to find somebody else. Told you, Danny Duffy's not there. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't like the the volatility of the roster right now for the Dodgers. That's sort of my larger point. Well, you, got two, you that, have two starters. That's it. I mean, you have yeah. Bueller and Scherzer. Yeah, and that's not, basically what not you got. Great, right now. Bob. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and David Price, who's pitching tonight. Sure. But you're getting you're getting into desperation mode, and it's not just the Dodgers. I mean, listen, just to give you guys an example, you guys know I follow the Padres. Can you imagine the Padres went out and got Jake Arrieta from the Chicago Cubs? Jake Arrieta on the year is 5-11. and 11. He's got an ERA of almost 7. But mm-hmm. the, the Padres are just as desperate for starting pitching because, uh, you know, just like you Darvish just recently went on the 10-day IL. Um, they've got another guy named Chris Paddock who's on the IL. And they've got Blake Snell who hasn't really performed. And Joe Musgrove threw a no-hitter, and that's his reputation. But he gave up five innings the other night in his first, uh, in, in his first inning. So they're just – right now – this is the time of the year where it's it's desperate for arm kind of time, and those teams that are healthy will will survive. But that's the that is what I was saying earlier about the Dodgers. That is what is so impressive about what they've been able to do. Because Dustin May went out earlier in the year, Clayton Kershaw still hasn't come back. Getting Scherzer was the best thing that they could have done because not only did they keep him away from the Padres, but they added him to this roster. And look how this team is continuing to perform only four games back. Anyway, million bucks. Down the drains. <laughs> I wish somebody would give me a million dollars to just not be any good. Like, hey, he's hurt. He no good. 
But here's your million bucks. No, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's what happens when you're a veteran in Major League Baseball. Right on. All right, Clinton Yates, let's wrap things up. We got one more to go here. Yeah. And uh, we got a few other things we still have not gotten to yet today. So we'll get there coming up next. I say that, and it's like, well, what are those things? Well, here's the thing. We're trying to convince Clinton to come join us on Friday, August 27th at our fantasy football draft party. Let's see if we can get Clinton out there. <laughs> Stick around, everybody. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right. It is a Tuesday evening here on 710 ESPN. Sedano and Kaplan. Clinton Yates has been in for Sedano since last Friday. Yeah, I've been here. I've been here all week. This is my last day here this week before I head off to Williamsport, Pennsylvania to watch the Little League World Series. Clinton, I'm not joking around. It would be really awesome if while you're in Williamsport, particularly if Torrance is playing while we're on the air. I'll check in. If you would, that'd be really great. I, I absolutely you, will, yeah. People will get into it in a big way. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. I mean, look, I've talked about this before. Youth baseball is a large part of my life. End of story. So if, if, I, if I can find a way to increase that connectivity between the community and the ballpark, I will do it every time. I so miss coaching Little League Baseball. I miss being around the kids. Um, you know, to, it, it, I, I watch these kids go from, like, Little Leaguers and then kids go into high school and then yeah. get done with high school. And then I, I got a bunch of kids, probably five, six kids, that I've watched, you know, from the time they were little kids, go to play college baseball. One's at Stanford, one's at Arizona. Um, one just left Arizona State because he was drafted. Um, I just watched a kid who I coached in Little League Baseball get drafted in the first round by Tampa Bay this year wow. and signed with Tampa Bay, which is amazing. Um, and I'm actually also sitting here on Instagram Live because a kid I coached in, in Pop Warner football is putting out an announcement tonight about where he's committing to go to college. So I love youth sports. I love coaching it. I love being around it. I love following these kids. So I'm telling you, man, uh, when a team is from your community and they make it to Williamsport and they make it to the Little League World Series, and if they go on a run, I know this sounds crazy, but it can capture an entire community. It really can. There's nothing crazy about that at all. That's why it's cool. That's why people like it, for sure. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, a few years ago when I was down in San Diego, um, one of the teams from Chula Vista made it to the finals and they wound up losing in the finals. But when they came back, I was invited to uh, host like the the welcome back parade. Uh, not a parade, but like a, a, it was in an amphitheater. Yeah, yeah I get and, it. And so uh, and Tony Gwynn was, um, you know, he's the most famous Padre player. And he came to the event that night. And so Tony Gwynn and I were on stage recognizing these kids and, you know, you know bringing them all up on stage. And let me tell you something, Clinton, this was not exactly Tony Gwynn, you know, when he was healthy. This was Tony Gwynn very much at the end. And he was – I actually said to him, I'm like, Tony, I, I'm, I'm so amazed that you're here because he looked so bad, you know. And that was – but that mm. he loved baseball. Right. He, he showed up. He loved the kids. He showed up because all those kids, they grew up – you know, he was the guy. And, uh, and so, you know, that was a really great, great thing for those kids. And you know, I was happy to be a part of it. But that's my that's point awesome. is, that, is that when, when – when a Little League baseball team makes a run towards a Little League World Series, a community gets into it, gets That's behind very it. That's true. Speaking so. of things I want to be a part of, 
What's happening next Friday? It's my understanding that there's a party going down. So next Friday night, we are going to do a broadcast from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Hollywood Park Casino. And then as soon as we get off the air, we are having this gigantic uh, fantasy football draft party. When I say gigantic, I mean... Somebody got Keyshawn Johnson to fly cross country. Now, I don't know if it's a, you know, it might be a thing that Keyshawn wants to do, like get me out of New York and get me back to Southern California. Keyshawn's coming in. Travis Rogers will be there. We'll be doing a live broadcast from 4 to 7. And as soon as the show is over, we go immediately into this draft party. And right now, if you haven't won your way in, you can listen to Travis and Sliwa in the morning, and they're giving away your entrance into this huge party. Now, Clinton... Can we get you to come next Friday? No, I have, I have, I have a host of questions. Number one of which is: so the show is going to be you, Travis, and Key. Okay, I'm not really sure about that because Keyshawn <laughs> okay. told me on Twitter that Chris Morales, who must have convinced him to come, told Keyshawn to show up at the Hollywood Park Casino at 6:55 p.m. So presuming that the show is going to end at about 6.57, 6.58 p.m. Key won't be on the show. No, Keyshawn will show up at 6.55 and we'll pull right into this fantasy football okay, draft would so be the, my best guess. There's two things. Number one is that if Key shows up, I'll be there. That's pretty much the deal because I haven't seen Key in a long time and I'd like to see him. I talk to him a lot. And the second thing is just let, let, break down the layout. of Greg, I need your help with this. What, what's going on with the Hollywood Park Casino? I don't know anything about where or what that is. And, um, you know, I just wonder how nice it is. It's really nice. It's right next to uh, SoFi Stadium. So you oh. can actually so you can actually walk from SoFi to Hollywood Park. Oh. And go just, right as a, in. just as a side note there, Clinton, I yeah. don't know if you know this or not, but before SoFi Stadium was built, what was there was Hollywood Park. Now, in the horse racing world, which I'm a part of, mm-hmm. there was Santa Anita, Del Mar, and Hollywood Park. Right. And the horses would move from Santa Anita to Del Mar, Del Mar to Hollywood Park, and, and there was a circuit of amongst those three tracks. Right. But now, because Hollywood Park, the, the racetrack, became SoFi Stadium, now it really goes from Santa Anita to Del Mar, Del Mar to Los Alamitos in Orange County. Although Los Alamitos is not a pure thoroughbred track, um, they do some other kinds of like straightaway racing. So... Um, that where SoFi Stadium sits is what used to be one of the huh. legendary horse racing tracks of Southern California. Okay, I like that kind of local history. Good job out of you. All okay. right, man. All right, yeah. So, all right. I mean, look, I'll show up. Do I have to talk? Well, it'd be great to get you to come I'm on joking. the show. I would love yeah. to do that. But what I'm you, saying are is you that- really asking if you need to talk? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'll, I will press press the flesh with the best of them. But the reason I say it is because I don't gamble. So I'm just going to be out there talking trash. You know okay. what I'm saying? And that's right. fine by me. But let know? me ask you something. If yes. you don't you don't gamble, means you know maybe you don't play table games or no. I just I whatever. like money too much to gamble, so I don't do it. Okay, but let me ask you this: Do you play fantasy football? I do play fantasy football. I just got through during the show with drafting my team, the Colonizers. That's a different story for later. I did not get Christian McCaffrey, so I won't win a game. But that's fine. Wait you a second, know. Greg. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about oh, Clinton's Greg fantasy knows. football thing? Yes. He only drafts white guys. Oh, I, I just learned about this he actually, and it. This it is, is the it's pretty thing I've amazing. I've ever heard of in my life. So if, if you if you only draft white guys and you didn't get Christian McCaffrey, I'm who's sc- your I'm, running I'm back? Dude? Mike uh, Allstott? No, Mike Allstott. You guys clearly do not pay attention to the NFL, <laughs> and neither do I. But anyway, the point is the reason I do this is because some people take fantasy football so seriously. Here's what happened. So I work for the I write for the Undefeated, which is our you know ESPN's 
<clears throat> website that covers the conglomeration of race, culture, and sports. And the first year that we did, that we existed, we had a fantasy football tournament. And I didn't want to play. I don't play fantasy football. But they made me play, and I won. So oh. I said the next year, in order to keep myself interested, since I won the first daggone thing that we had that you asked me to play, I'm going to pick a bunch of white guys and see if I can beat anybody. Oh, I made the playoffs. Oh, I won a game in the playoffs. And they never heard the end of it, so I stuck with the bit. Now it's stupid. And so see, this that. is the greatest thing about it, too, is that <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is obviously going to go one or two somewhere yes. in there. And so now, Clinton— Now I'm in a real spot. Right, because <laughs> how are you going back? to get Who Christian McCaffrey? Back? Hold on, let me see. I, yeah, that's the thing. i got to do some backdoor deals to see that if I can find a way to package something. And by that, I mean Venmo the person who has him <laughs> and see if I can make this work. Because otherwise, it's not really worth my time. Hold on, I'm fi- trying to find out who it is. I said all my guys— who is my running back? Like Rex, with- Rex Burkhead, Justin. I mean, Kyle. What's his name from the from the Niners? Is another one uh, who's a running back. And oh, old Jake Funk from the Rams. So yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this. Listen, my quarterback is Josh Allen. Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup are my wideouts, and George Kittle is my tight end. It's not undoable, dude. That's a, that's not that's, a bad. Team. That's what I'm saying. It's not undoable. If if I had McCaffrey, it'd almost be a probably one of the better teams in the league to be mm-hmm. quite honest but yeah you know, it's a fun bit that i do i got cole beasley in the flex spot in the bills defense and of course my kicker is justin tucker so, i can't know. i can't have cole beasley on my team yeah, like, cole I'm, beasley I'm out is, on anti-vaxxers cole, cole beasley is kind of a problem right now you know what i mean i'm not gonna lie i didn't love making that pick he'll probably get dropped at some point soon but on my bench see this is what i did I stacked a couple guys on my bench that other players hear. may need. I got I got Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford on my bench. So oh, if people nice. start running out of quarterbacks, I can say, hey, why don't you go ahead and throw your boy old Mickey Mack over to me? See you what know, happens. That uh, that that uh, ju- who was it? You, uh, Justin Tucker. That's yeah. like your best pick. Yeah, um, I love Justin Tucker. He's great, man. Great that pick. guy will score points all season long for you. Here's my. I have to make an admission. Okay. Yeah. Here's my admission. I don't play fantasy football. My son, 21 years old, loves fantasy football, plays in like three different leagues, thinks I'm out of my mind for not playing. So a couple years ago, friends of mine finally convinced me. They're like, okay, you got to play. I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do. So I let the computer pick my entire team, you know, using ESPN.com. You auto-drafted. How dare you? Auto-drafted. Weak, right? That's lame, right? Eh, I mean, a lot more people do it than you think. But I had the number one pick. I I had the number one overall pick in the draft. I got Le'Veon Bell. He was the number one player in that draft that year, and he wound up sitting out the entire season. That's hilarious. That's what you deserve. That is what <laughs> For you deserve. Drafting. I will say this, though, and I talked about this a little earlier in the week. The best part about fantasy football is the draft, and it's particularly the best part if you are at an in-person draft where everybody in the league actually shows up. Now, one time in my life this has happened, and I'll never forget it because – there was a bunch of us that used to hang out at this sports bar in D.C. where a bunch of sports journals used to hang out. So we were all in this league. Our friends were there. Like People brought their girlfriends. It was a whole big deal. But there was one guy that was he lived out of town. So we were like, all right, well, he's just not going to be here. But what we didn't know is that he was actually coming but didn't tell anybody. And so right before the draft comes about to start, he strolls on in and the place exploded because <laughs> we were like, oh, my God, everybody's here. You know, it was fantastic. I'll never forget that. Day. I spoke to a buddy of mine today. I'm like, hey, can we hook up this weekend because I'll be out of quarantine by Thursday. And he said, no, I'm actually um, I'm going to be going to Phoenix and then I'm going to be going to Denver. And I said, oh, OK, you know, what do you got? You got some kind of business trip going on or what? And he goes, 
no, I'm I'm going to my different fantasy football drafts. I'm like, yeah. whoa, whoa, hold on. Yeah. You're flying to Phoenix, and then you're flying to Denver, not on business. You're going to just be in person for your fantasy football drafts. He's like, yeah, it's fantasy football draft season. Not fantasy football season. Right. Fantasy football draft season. All right, Bergman, are you in? Are you in on playing? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be there and do it. I actually, to be honest with you, I stopped playing all fantasy sports about three years ago. But okay. I will, I'll do it for this. All right. Right. Uh, I I did at one point I had six teams and that's what, oh overkill overkill Way too much. and it just destroyed me because I was fighting against myself so often right I would have a guy going up against a guy that I had on a different team that's and it was just <laughs> it just was it was too much to like to keep track right. of I'm, do we I'm have out. see mine do we is, have like a um, a seven ten where you have me and Sedano and Clinton. You think got, we would. You'd right, think you think that a Mason sports talk Ireland. station in Los right. Angeles, California had right. a fantasy league for the hosts to go up against one another to provide content for the well, program. Greg, why don't we you why think. don't we the night of the draft at Hollywood Park Casino, why don't we have one team that's dedicated to you got Mason in Ireland, you got me, Sedano Clinton, you've got uh Sliwa and Travis. I think we'd have to do individuals. I don't yeah. think it would work that way. If we had a 12-team league, we'd have to have each on-air host, host have their own team. Anyway, this is a discussion for all. And anyways, and also, yeah. <laughs> there's if there's one thing people really love to hear about, it's your fantasy team. Hey, I've got one that people do like to hear about. I'm just <laughs> well, going to say, well, 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 you're your doing it in a weird, interesting Mr. way. Mr. No, dropped out of college twice. Mr. Television's Clayton Yates. <laughs> Mr. Handsome Man Community also has a fantasy football team that people care about full of white guys. Yeah, what are you going to do? Right. Hey, listen, I, I'll say this. You ready? There's one guy who's not going to be on anybody's roster. He would have been perfect on your roster as a backup tight end, but he got cut today by the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> you should have had him on your team. Right. Hello? That's that's Hello? right. Exactly. Hello? Exactly. That's that's, that's a million Hello? people tuning out. Right <laughs> Goodness gracious. He had a right. really, really good block, though. Yeah. Really good. Really good. All right. Well, it looks like Clinton Yates is going to join us uh, next Friday night. I'll be there. At Hollywood Park Casino. And uh, if you want, if you still want to get in and you still want to get in on this uh, this fantasy football draft, you got to listen to Travis and Slee tomorrow morning, and they'll hook it all up. All right. Listen. It is love your feet night. I got to go play with my feet. I know Laura's going to go get a pedicure. Clinton's going to go put on comfortable, expensive socks. And Correct. Bergman's going to act like he doesn't talk about his feet. Uh, Clinton, great job the last few days. Really appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And I will check in from Pennsylvania if Torrance makes a play. All right. Hey, Greg Bergman, great to have you back to work, man. And sorry to hear about that cancellation of your glamping, but glad to have you back here. Thank you. Laura, outstanding work as always. Sedano is back tomorrow. Until then, everybody, Kaplan saying peace.